feeling like football weather a little bit out there in the air this week in the Northeast. What up? It is the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com for all of your college, pro, any kind of football needs, fantasy football needs, interviews, all sorts of good stuff. We got you covered at insidethehashes.com. Kevin Crockett, Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando here with the Air It Out podcast. And when you think Air It Out, you got to think... Uh, that game, the Chiefs, Patriots, the one we kept talking about all week last week. You want yeah. to talk about airing it out. So real quick, I went to bed at halftime. I got to get up super early, went to bed at halftime, and was very comfortably ahead in three of my fantasy leagues <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And I woke up a short time later and was not comfortably ahead in my fantasy <laughs> leagues against Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. So pretty much what we expected, right? I mean, what did you guys take away from the game? Well, I'll go first. Basically, what I saw back um, on Monday night with Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't shy away from the spotlight. Some quarterbacks have it. Some quarterbacks don't. Patrick Mahomes, um, obviously with the help of Tariq Hill and and Kareem Hunt and company, but he showed that he has that it factor that, okay, our team is down 15 in the second half in Foxborough against probably the best quarterback and head coach combination in NFL history. Listen, we're not out of this game. Next thing you know, like four minutes left in the fourth quarter, the game's all tied up. Like, he was throwing heat all around. He was extended plays. Um, that, that floater to Kareem Hunt, um, that brought him back into the game. Tariq Hill just burning down those sidelines. And my best friend said that Tariq Hill is going to make that leap into possibly a top-five wide receiver. And after that Sunday night performance, I'm like, man, he's maybe not going to get crazy at all. I think that – that jump from top five for, through Tariq Hill is going to be a lot closer than people think. I see you nodding your head there, Avery. What you got? Um, well, I, just if I'm going to go off of that statement, I don't, I don't think he'll ever be top five. That's just my personal opinion. Um, not because of, you know, his, his, his talent level. I think he is – I think he's good enough. I just don't think he's polished enough as a receiver um, to become top five. I think numbers can be skewed. Right. So I, I, I think that we have to be careful about um, labeling people top five based on numbers. For example, Calvin Ridley uh, leads the league in touchdown receptions. Are we saying he's a top five receiver right now? Are we saying he's top ten? Yeah. But not? Yeah. But you can watch game, games like in every single week. You can see what Tariq Hill does for that offense is he's the number one wide receiver for the Kansas City and what he does in regards to everyone else for that offense, for Travis Kelsey, for I couldn't uh, agree more. For what I'm for saying, Watkins, as opposed to Calvin Ridley, who also has Julio taking pressure off him, Muhammad Sanu taking pressure off him. We we're in the red zone along with Austin Hooper, with Tevin Coleman in the back. I agree with you. What I'm saying is, the numbers can be skewed. That's that. My point is that that numbers can be skewed. Calvin Ridley leads the league in touchdown passes, so numbers can be skewed with. For example, somebody like Tyree Kill. So, like, if we take away his return yards and everything like that and we just go strictly off his receiver skill, then you got to think about the fact that you're talking about he has uh, Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu and Devontae Freeman. Kareem Hunt is still a threat. Travis Kelsey is still a threat. You still have to plan it, plan against those guys. And to be, to be honest, like, if I, was a, if I was a game plan, if I was a defensive coordinator, I'm game planning against those guys before I'm game planning against Tyreek Hill. So I guess where Avery's coming from, and I'll, I'll tend to agree with you on this, because immediately I think of, I think of a, 
of a T.Y. Hilton effect, right? T.Y. Hilton doesn't have a whole lot of players around him in Indianapolis. And if you're an owner of T.Y. Hilton in fantasy football, you're probably a little frustrated because it seems like the one week you're going to put him on your bench is the week he blows up, catches <laughs> those deep passes, and right. tears the defense up. So in essence, I guess the question to you, Chris, is if you feel like he's a top five wide receiver, if Tyreek Hill is in Indianapolis and T.Y. Hilton is in Kansas City, are we praising T.Y. Hilton? Or are we talking about how Tyreek Hill is still a top five kind of receiver in Indianapolis? Well, the difference between Tyreek Hill and T.Y. Hilton is that Tariq Hill has world-class speed and his ability to be in that open field is comparable to what Odell Beckham is able to do in that open field. I haven't seen a receiver like Tariq Hill. He's not just a um, return man like like Jalen Ramsey with all that smack talking he says. He is getting progressively better as as a wide receiver and yeah I think that I'm not saying he's a top five wide receiver yet. I'm just saying that he's etching his way in there. He's a top 10 wide receiver now I'm just thinking that what he's able to do with that world-class speed his ability to go like with drag routes in that open field because once you get behind him he's gone and I think the one play that really stands out to me was I believe it was his second second touchdown of the night the play was supposed to go to Kareem Hunt on on a clear out and the ball was overthrown and Tariq Hill was able to like come back and basically on a comeback route and still was able to catch that ball on the touchdown that is a, an amazing trait that you have as a wide receiver to go back and work for that ball. And I believe at, from a skill set standpoint, I believe he is he's phenomenal. Like from, from an athletic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, I believe he is phenomenal. But we said the same thing about Deshaun Jackson when he was in the league. We never at any point considered Deshaun Jackson a top five receiver. And even to this day, we don't consider him a top five receiver. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that I don't think that just because he's extremely fast and extremely uh, talented and athletic – puts him into a top five receiver category, especially, like I said, I, I just I just, I just pause on the numbers because, like I said, numbers can be skewed. I look at top five receivers as so much more. Like, that's why I put somebody like a DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins in the top five because of what he does the entire body of work at the receiver position. This sounds like a Julio Jones fan saying that the numbers can be skewed. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. That's all good. Right. But no, not not at all, because Julio leads the league in receiving yards. Okay. Not in touchdowns. So, so it's, it, but again, numbers can be so, so that right there. That, that's a, the, right. But, numbers but can be skewed. So back, are you going to say he's not a top five receiver? Because all back Avery up on this like, because every other team in the NFL would want Julio Jones on their right. team, whether he's catching zero touchdowns or <laughs> Jerome throws his hands up. So wait, wait, wait. So so so, uh, so you so also I've, wouldn't want a Tariq Hill on your team. I'd pick Julio before Tariq. So let me go. Okay. So, so, so I think. Wait, 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 wait. I'm not saying take a pick over who, over who. I'm just saying, like, from a general manager standpoint, you wouldn't benefit from having, like, a Tariq Hill on your team? Depend Again, I think he's a scheme type player. That's just my per- personal opinion. So, I, don't, so, I, don't, I don't know if he is going to be Tariq Hill the way he is in Kansas City in another system. Andy Reid knows how to put players like that in prime positions. For example, Deshaun Jackson. Look at what Deshaun Jackson has done since he's left the Eagles. Has he been Deshaun Jackson? No. I get I, I get your point because, one, I think it involves scheme, yes, and, two, I think it involves quarterback, which is kind of why I was making the T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis point because T.Y. Hilton is a play- – no, he doesn't have the type of speed that Tyreek Hill has, but is a similar type of play- – a Deshaun Jackson-esque type player. And mm-hmm. Andrew Luck has shown that he is a quarterback that can make throws in this league. He's second in the league in touchdowns right now behind Patrick Mahomes. So two questions for you, Avery. One – Finish this sentence. Tyreek Hill is a top what receiver? Ten. Top ten receiver. Okay. Sure. So, all right. So, r- respect to, to Chris's point then, because I think top five is a 
I think you're talking about great, and then I think you're talking about elite. Mm -hmm. And I think if you ask any coach when you're starting, to, to the Julio Jones point that we were making earlier, if you're starting a team, I would say of the 32 owners and coaches in the league, if you had, if you had to start your team with Julio Jones or Tyreek Hill, I think, uh, and Chris, I'm looking at you. No, 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 I would definitely take Julio. Right, okay, okay, exactly my point. My next point is, in this game last year, Alex Smith put up 42 points and was able to get the win in Foxborough. Avery, I turn to you because you seem to have a crush on Alex Smith every time we do this podcast. So <laughs> are you a Patrick Mahomes? Has he done enough to this point through this part of the season? I really don't count that last game last year. It was whatever. You mm -hmm. know, they're not scheming very much. You're running very basic stuff. So thus far this season, it seems 5-1. and one. They go to Foxborough. They lose the game that they should have won. Now, granted, the defense is very different than it was last year, but – uh, well, I think it's safe to say we're all in on the Patrick Mahomes hype, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, um, from what I've seen from him, I, I see uh, a couple things. One, he's young, but with his 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 age and his youth, he is very very mature. Like like to Chris's point, he is his composure. He never shies away from the moment. He never seems to be overwhelmed. He never seems to be like out of it like he's like oh my goodness I don't know what to do I don't you know he's like just he's very cool he's calm he's collected I don't know if that's coaching or if that's just his demeanor but I think he I, he showed me enough to be able to say yeah especially against a Belichick because you know how Belichick is he's he's like the master of taking what you do well and taking that away from you and they were still able to put up 40 points on on the Patriots so I think yeah no I think I think he's the, the truth and he's the truth to come for a while like this is the second time, like, on the road in which mm. there was, like, a premier, like, pass rusher. Like, on Monday night, it was Vaughn Miller. Um, a few weeks back against the Steelers, it was uh, T.J. Watt, who's having a really impressive year. And then there was, obviously, like, Sunday night. Like, you could really tell the difference between, like, the Patriots' defense with or without Dante Hightower. And Dante Hightower, for that for entire first half, he was breathing all the way down from Patrick Mahomes cutting down basically him running out of the pocket and extending the plays. But in that second half, he was locked in. Um, like, like I said earlier, that throw that he made to Kareem Hunt, like down the, down the right-hand sideline. Um, yet some quarterbacks have it. Again, some quarterbacks don't. Patrick Mahomes has that. Real quick, I do want to give Tariq credit <laughs> to Tariq Hill credit where it is deserved. When he caught that, I thought it was a post route or a, a um, drag route across across the middle. No, it was it was a dig it was across a dig, the yeah. middle and took off. Now, like you said, that is world class speed because the defenders had the angle on him, and to be able to outrun angles, that's that's you don't see that every day. No, you, he took and off. you haven't seen that since Randy Moss. Yeah, he took off, and I was like, because he caught it, got two feet on the ground, and got around the corner like that. And I was like. There's no way somebody should be this fast. He is just – yeah, so I remember we had um, a debate uh, as to who's the fastest guy in the league. Somebody said Tariq Hill, and I was like, I don't know. John Ross is pretty – he moves. You also he, got Marquise Goodwin, who's an Olympian. Yep, Marquise Goodwin. And then do, uh, the guy Grant as well. Yeah. But I'm like – I'm seeing Tariq Hill, and I'm like, I don't see none of them breaking away from people. His acceleration, his, his ability to go from zero – to 150 in like two seconds is second to none in the league. He just takes off. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway from that game and this weekend in general. You had a primetime game with two good teams that mattered and two good quarterbacks that mattered. Mm. And when we were going into this season, we were talking about all the defensive rule changes and how it's going to change the game. So just real quick, Mahomes, 40 points. 
Brady, 43 points. Carson Wentz, 34 points. Matt Ryan, 34 points. Ben Roethlisberger, 10 seconds left, 28 points. Aaron Rodgers, comeback win, 33 points. You can't tell me if you're a fan of the NFL that this isn't a very exciting season. And if you're the NFL, this isn't exactly how you want things to go. That game Sunday night was fireworks. It was electric. It was everything you wanted. The game Monday night, who thought Green Bay and San Francisco was going to be a football game? Yes. Agreed. (laughs) However, I'm still old school. I love seeing shutouts. And what the Ravens did was beautiful to me. It was. It was okay, beautiful listen, to me. and I'm not going to argue. <laughs> Ele- not, was it 11 uh, sacks? 11 sacks and 10 oh. completions. 10 completions. Yes. Like, like, that Titans on. offense is just horrible. Like, oh, it was great. Like, I get it. I get it. I see what you're saying, though. I no, get I, it. No, I understand. I understand. But I think you're very much in the minority in that, that you are probably one of those people that could really value a 13 to 10 kind of it game. It was my favorite. But to most of us, we're looking at that as not so much a great defense, but, man, these offenses didn't show up today versus somebody <laughs> like you and somebody who is a, is a, is a next-level football fan really appreciates the game where they'll say, wow, these two teams are just scheming one another perfectly and stuff yeah. like that. So, But, gosh, if you were at that game, it was rainy, it was mm. cold, like, yeah. and, and you're at home and you're a yeah. Titans fan, you're like, yo, <laughs> turn the lights out. Already. I was We're, just waiting for Justin Tucker to make a field goal. He <laughs> <laughs> just don't happen. sleep on him. He'll kick it from like 80. Uh, speaking of turning the lights off, turning the lights on right now. To one of our good friends from our Inside the Hashes family, uh, Ryan Roberts. Ryan, can you hear us, brother? I can. Can you guys hear me? Ryan yeah, from sir, the RPO up, podcast sounded like he's trying to throw some heat at people up in here today. So, Ryan, here's, here's what I heard about what's going down today. I came in, I got my legal pad and stuff like that. I'm ready to go. I got all my thoughts. I got my takes. I got everything lined up. And I, and I got hit with like a meek mill. Hold up, wait a minute. Because everybody was saying that Ryan Roberts needed to call in and preach to some people. So uh, first thing we're going to do uh, is do a little crossover here between our college and pro shows here. Uh, we're going to start off with this question. So Nick Bosa, obviously, the, as of right now, I think most would agree, the consensus number one pick in the NFL draft, mm-hmm. uh, gets hurt against TCU and decides, hey, uh, I'm going to forego the rest of the season go ahead and enter the nfl draft focus on my health one i'm going to ask you is that the right decision and two we've seen that with different players now particularly when it comes to bowl season if their team's playing in like the chick-fil-a bowl or something like that they're not really too concerned about getting out there and playing my bad jerome mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> what is this uh, is, is this the template we're gonna see jerome got real butt hurt when i picked the chick-fil-a bowl because he's got roots there my bad dog uh so I'm going to go ahead and ask you, is Nick Bosa making the right decision? And moving forward, is this going to become more the majority decision and the minority decision in college football? Well, Kevin, great questions. First of all, I just want to wish you a belated happy birthday. Oh, you stop oh, it. Sir. 21, years, 21 years young, fellas. Yes, Thank sir. you so much. That's it. That's it. Um, so the question as far as Nick Bosa, we're going to get a little more in depth about it tonight. But – I, I don't think it's the right decision for college football. You know, it, for him personally, you know, getting his money, making sure he's healthy around draft time, I understand that decision from the standpoint. But like you said, it's not like he's in a mediocre bowl game where he just decides to sit it out because the game doesn't really matter too much for him. They still are undefeated. They have a chance at the national title game. He's the best player on the team. So to answer your question, I think it's a bad look for college football. It's sending the wrong message in that area. I believe that. Again, if it was a mediocre bowl game where it doesn't matter too much who wins the game, understood. And I understand, again, health, you need to make sure everything's great. You know, and if he's 
if they're they're trying to rush him back, then that's one thing. But it sounds like he could easily be cleared next month and ready to go just in time for the, the playoff push and all that good stuff. So not a great look for Ohio State, not a great look for college football. I want to see the best player possibly in college football play college football. I couldn't agree more that it is it's bad for college football. Um, I just tend to – y'all know how I am. I tend to I side on the, 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 the side of the player. Like, I tend to take the player side. So, for example, like you're saying, it's, it's bad for college football. When do we start looking at what's bad or what's good for the college player? I respect him for, for saying, you know what, I'm going to focus on my health because at the end of the day, one, I'm not getting paid for this anyway. I want to get paid for this. So, in order to do that, I have to make sure I'm at – peak performance when draft time comes around for the combine, my pro days and different things like that. You've seen enough film of me to know that I am, I'm that good. Like you, the film is there for the past two seasons where you can say, yeah, this guy is that good. You know how vital I am to this team. Um, and I think, you know, just, you know, back the point is you, you look at situations like, and I just think of a situation like Earl Thomas. It just, that's what I think of when I, when I get there. Now, granted, he's a professional, but at the same time, if he would have stayed and, stuck to his guns and held out, he would have, one, definitely got paid by somebody, and two, he still would have been able to uh, uh, play football. And who knows, you know, he could have been in a different situation, still be playing, yada, yada, yada. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. Though, like I said, I agree with your point that it is bad for college football, and I'm a fan as well. I want to see the best players on the field. I completely understand. And I'm not saying that I don't think that you understand. I just tend to, you know, side with the player a little bit more um, just because, like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, they're not even getting paid for them. You're making million dollars off my name, million dollars off of my face because I'm the face out there. Um, uh, you're making millions of dollars off my jersey and yada, 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 but I'm not seeing an ounce of that. So I want to protect well, my investment. So, I, well, I, I, we're, well, Avery, you're kind of going into the different, different place, though. You know, we're, we're not having the conversation right now as far as college athletes get paid, which is, you know, it's going to be a debate until something happens about it. And mm-hmm. personally, I think that they should to a certain degree. Uh, how hard, how how well you can regulate that kind of thing is a completely different matter. Yeah. But as of right now, he's a college football player. He's an amateur athlete, and he has been giving a free education. No matter what you want to say about what his future holds, I understand that part. You have to process for your future. But as of right now, a university has given you the green light to a education that will hopefully set you up in life outside of the football um, outside of the football field so I think that he could at least do him right in this situation again if you're if you're rushing back too quick that's one thing but if you're healthy and you're ready to go why not finish your junior year off because it's not even like he's a senior and everything is done after this point you know I, I understand that he's leaving for the draft but it's not like he's an older prospect where if you get hurt you're setting yourself back a couple years I mean what's he 20 21 years old? I, feel I think that there is there still needs to be an amateur side of this argument. I get it. I, I I think where I'll meet you guys in the middle in this is saying that I agree with Nick Bosa in this case. Go get your money, boo boo. Uh, <laughs> where I have a problem more in college football right, now, and I won't say a problem, but I just don't know how much I agree with it is the new transfer rules that have been put in place. Facts. Uh, you see what Kelly Bryant was able to do to kind of leave Clemson. Yeah. And, and I just think at some point you're promoting this idea of, hey, I'm not good enough. My commitment here doesn't matter anymore now because I'm not going to play and I'm going to go somewhere. This Again, Ryan, to your point, the, these all are conversations that kind of tie in and we can go on and on and on for days about it. 
Um, but I'm going to meet you guys in the middle there and say maybe that's more the issue in college football now than a guy who's going to sit out a bowl game because he knows that his draft stock could get hurt if he were to get hurt. But uh, speaking of hurt, I'm hearing there's supposed to be some hurt feelings in this room right now. So <laughs> I didn't get all the particulars here, brother. So you got to tell me what you're calling in for today. Sure. I mean, so first of all, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, you know, I, I'm it's a your pleasure. Because I just got upset in fantasy football by Chris. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm a little hurt what? right now. So I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming in hot right now. And uh, it's actually for our producer, Tyler Brando. I hope he is on mic right now. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> hey, Tyler. Tyler, I'll see you in a few hours. But before I see you in a few hours, <laughs> you were very vocal in our chat. Um, was it yesterday, the day before? I don't even remember. It's, it's just it's all, been all season. All kind of going into one day at this point. But... You said that Tyreek Hill is, quote-unquote, a great, great player. How crazy and of me to say that after getting three touchdowns. I want to that right now. What makes him great? I want to hear it. You know, it, it's truly an insane take that a player with three touchdowns in a game is a great receiver. Oh, timeout, 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 timeout there. I can't even start here. He, he was destroying the McCourty brothers. Come on now. <laughs> they... The McCourty brothers, I mean, come on. They're from Rutgers. Rutgers hasn't been good since, since Crockett actually was playing. Save it for first RPO. Of all, first of all, don't you, don't you come, come at Rutgers. Give me something a little stronger. That's Jersey. something against Jalen Ramsey. Give me something something a little more tangible. He gave, he gave the Chiefs please. a win against Ramsey. Ooh. Ooh. What's that? He gave the Chiefs a win against Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just him. He gave them a win all, all by himself, right? <laughs> he demanded a lot of attention that game. He did kind of also go off on a really good Charger secondary. Uh, I mean, that's a really good Charger secondary without Jason Barrett. So they have Trevor Williams. Well, Jason Barrett hasn't not. really played since his rookie year. So. Well, yeah, but uh, my point is that there's a hole of that one corner outside of Casey Hayward. That secondary is not great besides for the one corner spot. And then Desmond King's a solid nickel corner. And Everybody don't forget else, about Derwin Hill James. Don't forget about Derwin James, James over the top as well. That was Derwin James' first game, though. And you know what? I'm going to throw heat at you for that Jacksonville <laughs> statement, too, because if Blake Bortles isn't throwing balls 10 feet into the ground the whole game and actually makes that game competitive, maybe Tyreek Hill has to make more plays for Kansas City because he's got to, he's got to put points on the board to actually match a quarterback who should – Blake Bortles should have just taken the ball and thrown it backwards half the time in that game. They should have yeah. just punted well, and played defense. Well, according well, to well, Ryan, uh, Patrick Mahomes is very human, so – Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah, 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 after the first half. That first half, he was human. That first half, he was human. He had a great second half. There's no doubt about that, but we saw it early. He was overthrowing a lot of a lot of passes early. The score should have been quite lopsided early on, but you know. What great quarterback um, hasn't overthrown a ball? What's that? What great quarterback hasn't overthrown? Oh, nobody, nobody. It's just you know everyone's every. I saw someone say that he's going to break the touchdown record this year, and I'm just trying to have everyone slow the roll a little bit on that kind of talk. Okay, so let me ask you this. Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in touchdown passes right now, two ahead of Andrew Luck. True or false, uh -huh. Patrick Mahomes ends the season with the most touchdown passes. Uh, Remember, he has Tyreek on his team. Yeah, okay. Well, he's got Travis Kelsey on his team, too. He's pretty good. Um, uh, Patrick Mahomes leads the – I'm going to say false. And who does? Oh, man, that's a tougher question. Um. <laughs> Jared Goff. Jared Goff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be that guy, Tyler. Um, uh, 
pocket. Let me get back to you on that one, man. That's a tough one. That's Probably because it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. He wants to say Jared Goff, but he just doesn't want to say it. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to get that take on tape. He knows we can go back to the video tape on that one. All right, man, you got anything else you're trying to preach about here? What's going on? Yeah, I, I have another question for Tyler. It's, it's, it's not football related. Tyler, when I listen to your podcast, which I do every week because you guys do a great job, is there a way to just mute Avery? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in theory, there is a way. Yeah, to, 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 from a technical standpoint, the answer is yes. From a uh, we have technology. Yeah. Listen, we're gonna have uh, to well, mute you for losing to Chris. Listen, uh, this is aired out. Avery, you're on like a two-game losing streak. Let's relax. You're I actually am not. I'm actually on a three-game winning streak. I'm on a three-game winning streak. Thank you very much. Oh uh, yeah, 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 blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, have the editor send me an, a copy of the podcast that has no Avery in it. Okay? I take a listen every week. Well, that I'll won't be any good. The podcast will only be three minutes long. What are we gonna do with the other twenty-seven minutes? <laughs> oh. oh yeah, Ryan. One one last question. Um, so, yeah. have your thoughts about Jimmy Graham has changed? You know, since he helped me beat you this week. Uh-oh. No, no, they haven't changed. You still can't block. <laughs> can't block. Yeah, that's what they brought him hey. in for, to block. All right, all right. We're not, we're not just going to sit here and roast each other for the night. That's what Comedy Central's for. So Ryan Roberts, the RPO Podcast, part of the Inside the Hashes family. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Please, for, for Heat, join us anytime, man. Please call in. All right, fellas. Have a, have a good rest of your show. I appreciate it. All right, you too, brother. The RPO Podcast, of course, getting done tonight. Those guys do a great job. I'm sure Nick Bosa is going to be a big part of that story uh, as he announces he's going to forego his last season at Ohio State, the rest of his last season at Ohio State, and go ahead and uh, be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Good for him. Um, I looked up a bunch of players that have honestly sat down their bowl games throughout the past few years. Um, Derwin James um, from Florida State, um, rookie this year, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. Those were like the big – guys like I passed like two years ago. Jalen Smith, who was on record saying that if I had the chance to go back and play a bowl game, I would. He was injured, and he ended up being the 34th overall pick for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but I'm glad for him. I'm glad for players who are a lot more aware now of taking – they're realizing that they're their own brand, so they're investing more into themselves in terms of maximizing the amount of money that they can get out instead of just worrying about, um, in my opinion, a facade about – just doing this just for the love of the game because in the end you can love the game all you want, but love doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. And I agree. And, um, you know, Ryan did bring up a good point that, you know, they are getting free education and different things like that thing for me. It's just like, okay, um, we get that they're getting a free education, but that's not why they're there. You know, these, these, these college athletes are, are not there for the education. We know that let's stop acting like, like, Let's change the narrative of student-athlete and change it to athlete-student because we know that's really what it is. Like, if you're not performing, what happens? Most of the time, you lose that scholarship. Or if you're not, you're not able to be on the field, you lose that scholarship. So let's stop making it seem like, oh, just because uh, we're paying your education, then you need to yada. You don't owe me anything. Like, I don't owe you, I should say, I don't owe you anything in that regard because you knew what I put the work in to be here on the field. So, um you know, I, I agree. I just, you know, protect your investment at the end of the day. Yeah. We're talking about millions of dollars. I think that what, that's what get lost. Look, if you're an Ohio State fan, you want the best player on your team to be out there on the field. Yeah, I'm an Ohio State fan, fan, and I'm still – I'm an Ohio State fan. I agree with Nick Bosa 100%. Yeah. yeah, like as a fan of college football, I want to see him. But as a fan of 
life. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Nick Bosa. I mean, you're literally talking about a guy that I mean, obviously his brother's in the league, so that Bosa family's doing I either way. <laughs> but uh, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars. And yeah. to your point earlier, I mean, these kids aren't getting paid. They're representing big time universities that are making tons of money off of college football. So Nick Bosa, I think we uh, are all in agreement here, making the right decision uh, by foregoing the rest of his year and uh, heading to the NFL draft and likely, likely the number one pick. For whoever that might be, whether it's Oakland, Arizona, the Giants, a lot of teams looking rather ugly right now. So it is time to go ahead and dive on into our 10 minutes of takes. I think this is our or this is kind of our new branded segment here. I think it's pretty good. So one more time, we're going to run it down for you guys again. Yeah. Tyler's going to have our buzzer ready in the background. So here's the drill. I'm going to read a statement. If you disagree with that statement, mm-hmm. we're going to hit that buzzer and we're going to talk about it. We'll see how many takes we can get through in the next 10 minutes. So uh, it's interesting too, because uh, Tyler and I were bouncing some of these back off of each other uh, for the last week or so. And even as I had a bunch of them written down and saved to kind of keep evergreen, like these things might not change, there's already changes. So I'm (laughs) gonna go ahead and start with the first one that is already a change in that I had last week, Blake Bortles is the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020. After last week, I'm gonna go ahead and cross out that 2020. Blake Bortles is the Jaguars quarterback in 2019. Wow. You guys think Blake Bortles is the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2019? Yeah, he just got a three-year extension for 54 mil. I don't think the – I don't think – I don't see Tom Coughlin and them just axing out that contract, like, after after the season. That's And that's the reason I I agree as well because, like – I think just because he just got the contract, I think they're like, you know, and we still have more season left. Um, and I think that they're starting to see that there may be a little more issues other than Blake Bortles. I mean, the defense is kind of, you know, wet the bed a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think I think he I think he gets a pass um, and, and he's continuing to be the quarterback 2019. 2020, I don't, I don't see that happening. Okay, so then I'm going to go ahead and ask this then because I didn't have this one on the list, but I think it's interesting because you guys brought up Tom Coughlin. Eli Manning is not on an NFL roster next season. Okay, there we go. All right. Where is he? I think he's still with the Giants, honestly. Ooh. Um, I think I think he stays with the Giants. I just don't think he – continues to start I think he's I think I just I I, just, I get it but I, I think that they they keep him because at the end of the day you still want to have a vet to kind of train whatever young guy you bring in um I don't think Eli is that kind of quarterback who wants to do that um and I think maybe next year sometime during the season when he realizes okay that's what they're they're doing here he might even demand a trade but I think he starts the season with the New York Giants next season I just think it's funny that last year when Eli got benched for Geno Smith, every single Giants fan was an uproar saying, like, how could you do that to Eli Manning? How could you do that to his streak? He's the reason he got two Super Bowl rings with him. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're one and five and the narrative changes that why is Eli Manning still here? I can't wait for Eli Manning to go. I don't think I don't I think they're I think the Giants, um, the Mar family are gonna give him the option to like gracefully retire and them getting they're gonna have a top five pick. Yeah. So I think they're gonna like respectfully give him that outlet to retire and instead of like him having to be quote unquote humiliated like because of his pride for a top five pick um starting and him being a backup 
I think the other thing is the fact that we have to realize that it's not all Eli. He's been playing terrible, but that offensive line is horrible. It's really, really bad. It is, but to Chris's point, the narrative last year was that the offensive line was horrible, but now you've got a running back that's supposed to be that certainly has carried his weight. And and if you are uh, the old outages football is that the run sets up the pass. So, you know, I haven't watched enough film of the New York Giants to know how much he's maybe missing down the field and stuff like that. You know, they they, they lose a game against Carolina on a sixty three yard field goal. Maybe if you're sitting at two and Trust four me. instead of one and five, the narrative is different, but yeah, Eli's playing terrible. Don't get me wrong, but I saw really terrible int- too. I saw an interesting stat on the uh, stat on ESPN the other day. Eli Manning is three of fifteen when he has more than about three seconds to throw the football. So in cases, in it may not be that case all the time, but when he does have like that ample time to throw, he's still not making those throws. So then that questions the receivers getting. I mean, there's so many questions that because sure. again, that that number is misleading because it's like if I have 3 seconds to throw the football and you can't get open in 3 seconds, that's an issue. So it's just like Well, no, the the stat he's saying is more than 3 seconds. That's so. what I'm saying. If I have 3 seconds or more and oh, you okay, can't okay, get open, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah but, like, but so the stat can be misleading. You still have a really good offense in Sterling Shepard and you have a top 5 wide receiver in Odell. You still have Shaquan Barkley going out in the backfield. Agreed. And you still, in my opinion, if you had those kind of weapons, even with Evan Ingram out still, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be going three or 15 with again, that amount of time. But again, the, the stat can be misleading because at the end of that is just a stat that says I'm three for 15 when I have three seconds or more. That stat doesn't include the fact that what if my receivers are not creating separation? What if my receivers are not getting down the field? What if my receivers are dropping the football? What if my receivers are getting held? What if, like, so we're, we're, the stat can be misleading is all I'm saying. I, I agree. You definitely want your quarterback to have a better stat than that, especially when you got three or more seconds. But at the same time, we again, this is why I say numbers can be misleading. Look, all I'm saying is that if I have a top five wide receiver in Odell Beckham and I have more than three seconds to throw the football to him and you don't have that confidence enough, even with the separation, for him to, for you to throw that ball up and for him to come out with it, then that's an issue then and there in itself. Who's to say he's not is my, is my point. Who's to say he's not throwing the ball up to Odell and Odell can't get to it because he's double and triple covered? Or he's dropping the football, or he's not creating the separation, or whatever. The pass is being deflected. Like who is to say? Again, that stat is completely misleading. It's like it's a to me, it's a throwaway stat because it's completely misleading. Because it's like, like I said, there's so many variables that go into a quarterback completing passes. There's so many. Like the receiver has to create separation. The quarterback has to deliver it on time. It has to be accurate. But the receiver has to catch it. There has to be a defender there. A, 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 a defender can't deflect the football. But there's so many different factors to that. Like like I said, I understand where you're coming from because at the end of the day, you want your quarterback, if he has three or more seconds, you want him to be able – because here's the thing. At the end of the day, I understand what you're saying because you even check the ball down to Saquon or – there's always somebody open, you know, theor- theoretically. But at the same time, it's just like it can be misleading because we just don't know all the factors. So, I've, Go ahead, Tyler. Sure, that makes sense. But you're defending Eli Manning. He's, <laughs> he's, not, even a, he's not a good starter. He wouldn't be a good backup in the league right now. Ooh. I'll tell you what. Ooh, that's not, that, Ooh, that's, that's, that's why I said <laughs> the tanks. Bear, 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 bear. Okay, but I will say this. I will say this. The NFL trade deadline is October 30th. And the bye week for the Jacksonville Jaguars follows that game in London against the Philadelphia Eagles. And if Jacksonville goes out and shows up the way that they did against Dallas this past week, mm. if, if Tom Coughlin is worried about his quarterback position, you got to think that if for nothing else, a veteran presence and a little bit of heat on the heels, 
that the New York Giants and Jacksonville Jaguars maybe don't have a phone call to one another that says, all right, hey, this is a situation where Eli can kind of save face a little bit. It's a guy that we're familiar with here in Jacksonville. Maybe Eli Manning makes his way down to Jacksonville and who knows from there because we've never said Eli Manning's been the greatest quarterback ever, but there have been times when he's had to step up and just and have a good defense Mm -hmm. and protect the football and win in January and February. And he's done it. So, and that on top of which the AFC South, who knows? The Colts are one and five right now, yeah. and and you can make an argument they win a couple divisional games, they could win that division. It's so terrible. So I, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. Do, do I think do I think Eli Manning is the quarterback of the New York Giants next year? No. Do I think he's on an NFL roster? I think if he is, he's in Jacksonville. Go ahead, Tyler. What were you going to say, bud? What a sad situation when you're hoping for an Eli Manning to Jacksonville trade. <laughs> <laughs> but but isn't that the reality? But but isn't that what Blake Bortles is? I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think Eli and Heat uh, belongs to the same sentence, especially in 2018. I mean, at the, listen, I get where you're coming from, Chris, but I get where Crockett's coming from as well because – those playoff runs were legendary by Eli. Those Super Bowl runs were really legendary. He looked like he was something out of, you know, like a, 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 a he was just created in a lab because he was playing so well. I mean, granted, the defense was, were holding him in the game, but he was playing well. That, that, that throw to David Tyree where he got away, and those, those things, like, every, not every quarterback does that. I'm not saying that they're, you should be. You know, hold on, wait, 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 wait. I just wait, feel wait. like, and there's no coincidence that since Tom Coughlin's left, that right. the Giants have been that, terrible in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, and if you're Eli Manning, if there's any place that you can go ahead and maybe try to reset yourself a little bit, the warm sunshine of Jacksonville under Tom Coughlin's arm probably is a good place to do it. So, okay, so we've gone around a circle here. So real quick, I'm going to ask all three of you and then give my opinion. You have one game to win. Current state of the NFL, forget about the past. You have one game to win. Tyler, is your quarterback Blake Bortles or Eli Manning? Blake. Chris. Blake. Avery, that's tough, but because of the athleticism factor, I'm going to go with Blake. They almost made it to the Super Bowl last year. I'm going to go with Blake. almost, because almost of, because of Blake. Count. Because of Blake. Yeah, please answer that. Yeah, was did Blake Bortles carry them there? <laughs> if, if if Tyrod Taylor, Lashawn McCoy, and the Buffalo Bills could move the ball forward right. in the wild card round, you Jackson did real, not even you, make it that far. Okay, credit, fast, fast forward a week. Credit they put up 45 points. Yeah, credit where credit's due. They, they played Pittsburgh twice last year and, and hung it up on them. Credit where credit's due. But there is also a reason why they had a chance right before halftime to go ahead down and score points, and they thought, ah, let's just take it to halftime and chill out. We don't want to make a mistake and give Tom Brady the ball with a chance to score exactly. before halftime. And now that's looked upon as a decision that maybe could have cost them a shot to go to the Super Bowl. And why did you do that? Why? You because you Bortles. don't want Blake Bortles <laughs> to be your quarterback. If you have to win one game, you have to win one game to save your future. I would take any number of quarterbacks. I would take Bubby Brister out of retirement over Blake Bortles <laughs> to win that game. Listen. And I would absolutely take Oh, why Eli not stop Manning. there? Why don't you just take Jake Plummer while you're Again, I would, I'll take all, I would I'll definitely take, take Jake Yeah, Plummer. I would absolutely oh, take What? Stop playing Maybe you Jay, like Jay Fielder. Maybe yeah. Jay Fielder I'd even take. I'd take, yeah, I'd take Jay Cutler. There's, there's Jay, any hey, number of Jay quarterbacks Cutler. that I'd take. Jamarcus Russell. Okay, let's not get crazy. Okay. All right. It is the Aired Out Podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. InsideTheHashes.com. Hear us yelling about all this football nonsense over college football, professional football, fantasy football, all 
things football at insidethehashes.com. Don't forget, we got a Madden tournament coming up. So if you're good with the sticks, go ahead, get yourself checked out with that. Go to insidethehashes.com, check it out. We got a lot of guys uh, from the Inside the Hashes squad that are going to be playing, a lot of outsiders, a little buy-in, a little cash if you win the whole thing. So go ahead and check out insidethehashes.com. Chris, you're throwing your hands up. What are you going to say? Oh, he's money. Yes. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you in the tournament? You buying in? Yeah, I'll buy you. I just want to let you know. What like, could possibly I just, go I just peer pressure. You don't want to run into me because, you know, 3-0. Yeah. Yeah, he's – It's. I, I have no room to talk. I am 0-1 in my Inside the Hashes Madden career. For Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, Ryan Roberts of the RPO Podcast, make sure you're checking that out. It's Kevin Crockett saying, when in doubt, air it out. Air it out.